Ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's day 64 in the shelter. We've got your favorite tunes out there. Something for you to boogie-oogie to in your private bathroom as you cry every morning because the world has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to this, this life now, man. I'm, I'm, you know, acceptance phase of grief. You know. Oh, you know, it's it's something where I've I've hit my little workflow. You know, I've got my good sweatpants and my bad sweatpants from from my day to day work. <laughs> During the weekdays, I wear my good sweatpants when I work. You know, my weekends is bad for the bad for sweatpants. You know what I'm saying? You know, like like what's outside? Who needs to go outside really? You know, yeah, like nah, that's that's, this, this, that's where I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, you get you could get UV rays, give you cancer. You know what I'm saying? You got all this, you know, smog. You know, indoor is where it's at you know nice climate controlled you know you know it's gonna be great it's the future we're all gonna be out there you know we'll grow long fingers from all the typing long necks from all the zooms <laughs> true I, we, we, I, we, we gotta figure out this hair situation though like i mean yeah i mean for, not, not much for you but for me we we gotta figure this hair situation now that's that's my, I, my may I got you right now. Filters, man. It'll be like Zoom backgrounds, but for haircuts. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole new way. You know? You Yo, charge Zoom like three, four dollars. They just put on top of your head. Suddenly you got a fresh fade. You know what I'm saying? Artificially I'm, generated. I, I am not mad at that whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Ready to wear virtual clothes. It's, 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 it's popping. It's the future. I'm not mad at that whatsoever. Like, this, this hair is just it's going to be a mess coming into May. Anyway, uh, you know, you know who doesn't have a problem with haircuts, although he he does not get a haircut. Kanye, true, because he could he could he could fly the par- private barber in and and get and get the nice fade, but he doesn't do that. He's too, he could pay know, he he could pay people to give him co- like here, here you could have the COVID but make sure you cut my hair and it's like he's but, he's got COVID has to pay on deck but but you know I just said like pre pandemic his hair was still is looking like my hair now so <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing that shabby chic even pre MAGA it's it's like for so supposedly a fashion icon he hasn't been fashion iconing for like ten years I, I really do want to say like him. J. Cole, Childish Gambino, they've been on this pandemic look, I think, for like the past year, you know, so <laughs> they were foreshadowing, you know, they're, they're trying to set the trend. They, you know, so uh, maybe, maybe I just need to go shaggy. But anyway, um, it was announced this week that Kanye West is officially officially a billionaire per Forbes, which is apparently the, the authority. <laughs> A Kanye Nash rag. I mean, uh, it's it's it makes sense. I mean, if you look at the way Jordan became such so rich was basically off the sale of Jordans. What are Yeezys if they aren't the two thousand the modern twenty first century Jordan? So you really can't really be mad at it. I mean, it's a little petty. It's 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 interesting the optics behind it because you've got Kanye arguing with Forbes about you know the math and yada yada yada, and you've got you know Forbes kind of you know putting this article out, kind of saying it, but, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I will say the optics are a little bit weird to kind of have this announced now, because it doesn't necessarily feel me better or safe. (laughs) (laughs) True. No, definitely. And I think it's one of those things where, first off, props to Kanye, and now Kanye. Props to Kanye. Fuck that shit. 
All billionaires are bad billionaires. So let me get bad, Marxist up in this look, bitch. I, 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 you know, I'm not going to get mad at a black billionaire. And I think I feel like that's like a Jay Z line or something like that. I'm not going to get mad at a black billionaire. You know, it's hard for us out here in these streets. You know, we are only millionaires. Mm, <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, post post Maga Kanye forever, forever dead to me. <laughs> but you know, I'm like I, grandma. Because it's only what him, Jay Z, and Jay Z's numbers are a little suspect. Uh, Dr. Dre and Puffy. And that's it. So it's like this elite class of hip of hip hoppers. So look, I'll, 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 you know what? Congratulations. The optics are terrible. We have 25 million people unemployed in this country. Obviously, it's not the right time to be celebrating billionaires, especially when they're using all their little tax loopholes to, to pay less tax. But you know what? Congrats. All but the article that Forbes put out was really interesting because. The fact that Kanye's been arguing with Forbes for the past like year, <laughs> <laughs> saying like, "Here's my numbers," and Forbes saying like, "Well, you're only like eight hundred million dollar, you're eight hundred millionaire or some shit like that," is such a Kanye thing. <laughs> and apparently, he was sending him paperwork and shit. It's 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 so I can't. How do you have so like low self-esteem where you've got to be like arguing with Forbes on some like, yo, please let, let me put, put me put my name in that list. Like I cannot have it. I, I know, but I mean, but are are you not surprised though? I mean, it, it's Kanye. Oh, it's, it's it's on brand. This is a hundred percent on brand. Yeah, yeah. So, but the most interesting thing about Kanye being a billionaire is that a lot of his worth is actually in cash which is really different from a lot of people where people have stock and, you know, they're like, you know, obviously the stock market is tanking. So a lot of people are not going to be billionaires because it's in stock. Kanye apparently negotiated like a royalty payment for Yeezys off of Adidas and a couple other things that pay him straight cash. So it's actually like, he's actually pretty liquid. And so again, like don't, don't weep tears. He's going to be fine. And he's married to Kim Kardashian. So he's cool. (laughs) But it's really interesting that like, like the way that he kind of was able to, you know, become a billionaire. um, And is also cash that he can use, you know, to ride out the storm. Right out the storm. <laughs> Fuck that. He's gonna man. That's it's when when will the good guys win? I just want to see some good guy wins. That's all. Uh, you know, Jake Cole has a Bentley, so that's that's a, that's a start, right? Like like he Jake Cole has some money, you know, like 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 maybe maybe another another ten, you know, maybe another ten fifteen. Jake Cole needs to figure out that branding deal. Like he needs to work with a Nike or something, you know. But uh, anyway, I don't know. I it's like like I said like. Obviously, the world's changed. If this is a year ago, well, we would still say fuck Kanye. But if it was like four years ago, everybody would be like, oh, man, this is amazing. You know, uh, but now it's kind of weird. And obviously, with Kanye kind of pressing on Forbes to, to, to get that billionaire designation, it's very weird in these times. But I'm still going to support, you know, black billionaires. Not a lot boo, of us. Boo. Black pastor <laughs> votes. The, the cookout gonna have to have a black council meeting. This is this maggot shit has gone on too long, too long. <laughs> <laughs> You've got enough club history to replace his. You know what I'm saying? Just, just you know what, Kanye, I'm in your corner. Just, just shoot those checks our way. Just, Boo. just shoot, shoot Boo. those checks my way. 
Actually, you true. If, if, if I got a Kanye check, I would change my tune very quick. I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's a, it's just an opinion. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's Kanye. Uh, and then, uh, did you catch the, the Travis Scott Fortnite concert? Speaking of oh, virtual yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's it's. I've kind of paid attention because they've, they've been doing this for Fortnite, I think, a year or so. But you've had little small virtual concerts and in, 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 in video games. And it's been, like, I remember a year, I'm going to show some geekery. So last year, I went to the Overwatch Championship, right? So I remember I show up and it's like DJ Khaled. And, you know, they have all this, you know, <laughs> people on stage playing these video games, and suddenly they stop it, and Khaled comes out there. And it's, it's the, it was the exact crowd kill I've ever seen. <laughs> like, the crowd was like, who the fuck is this fat man on stage? Even if they knew who he was, they were like, we just want to see the fucking gamers. So it was a weird dichotomy because, you know, as you've got this brand new medium, like, like anything else, we're living in a capitalist society. Video games are popping. How can we take video games and brand it in other ways? How do we make it bigger than it actually is? So it's not the first time. I know Fortnite in particular has tried a couple of concerts. I know the one before this was uh, Marshmallow. Um, mm. And it's always been kind of copy and paste shit, whereas it's like, you know, you show up or, you know, you're playing your video game. There's a section where music is playing, blah, blah, blah. It's not necessarily anything new to the medium. I mean, you've had, you know, you look at something like, let's say, fucking, like, Rockstar, the way they do Grand Theft Auto, how you have, like, actual, you know, stars playing, like, I think Guru was a voice of, way back in Grand Theft Auto 3, I think Guru was a voice of one of the characters, you've got the radio stations, it's always been this kind of idea of trying to bring pop culture in, so what Fortnite would have been trying to do is kind of make it more virtual, I do know that uh, Marshmallow did one, like, a year ago, and it was kind of, like, you know, pretty successful, but this was overall probably the best I've seen. Like, I can't be mad at what they did. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I don't play Fortnite. I don't really in, like Fortnite. Uh, my nephews used to love me, and then they found Fortnite, and they just ignore me every time I see them. <laughs> so Same I have here. beef with Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but I... <laughs> I do have to say this concert was actually really, really dope. And the way that they executed it was incredible. And I, I wish it was actually in 3D. I wish it was like in virtual reality because, you know, just the fact that they completely took over the whole board, um, you know, immersed you into all the visuals. The visuals are very like Coachella level arena sized. Uh, it didn't feel like you're just sitting there watching somebody on stage. It felt like an experience and a participatory event. Um, you know, like, uh, I forgot the, the song, but like, you know, all of a sudden you're underwater and like Travis yeah. Scott's, you know, you know, a diver, um, you know, uh, they, uh, they dropped a new Scott's, uh, track on, on, during that whole thing. Um, I thought I thought it was really amazing. Yeah, I think like there's a couple things. Obviously, they garnered 12.5 million streams, which is huge. I think it's like the biggest you know streaming event in Fortnite. Uh, it doesn't even count like people streaming on Twitch and YouTube and other platforms. Um, but also too with the whole closure of music venues and the uncertainty around if music venues will ever reopen or they will probably won't reopen in the same way they did before. 
I think people were kind of looking at this and saying, like, is this the next thing? And I think for me, I was really skeptical about it just because I do like those in-person experiences. But after seeing it, I was pretty blown away. I was like, there could be something here. Um, you know, obviously, if you do virtual reality or 3D or whatever, like there could be something really cool here. Um, and I'm I'm kind of ready for it. Oh, you know, it, it was something where they put a lot of effort to it. Like, like it's like you said, the idea of where if you're playing a video game and your character there and you're watching Travis Scott, there are certain parts where he blow your character into the air. It was very interactive. I mean, obviously, it's going to be for a certain level of of uh, a certain level of uh, of uh, of artists because, you know, that, that required a lot of work I, I, uh, yeah. to kind of put together. I do know Epic is kind of interesting because they're kind of infamous for having really bad crunch <laughs> and basically, you know. Those workers are out there kind of suffering hard to kind of churn out content. Um, and they did a great job for it. You know, hopefully they didn't miss their families too much in the COVID era. But um, it's something where I, I think it's fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see a lot of cross-branding. I do remember, funny enough, like, because, you know, I, I, I'm still a gamer. You know, I dipped I dip back in, in and out for a couple of years. But I, I remember a lot of, like, uh, you know, back when we, before, before the apocalypse, back when everybody was flush, and you still kind of have a lot of like cross-branding of Doritos and Taco Bell and all this stuff. And you could, you know, if you if you buy X amount of things, you get fucking something in the game or vice versa. If you're in the game, there's this weird placement for suddenly, like, you know, you walk in and there's a Taco Bell. Actually, I remember even years ago, way back in the PlayStation 1 era, I was very surprised. When you would play Wipeout, you would have Red Bull everywhere. And they kind of put it as aesthetic of part of the game, where it's just like you're in this weird futuristic world, this weird fucking, you know, racing world, and you have this branding. So, I mean, it's 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 a good way to kind of, I guess, have the synergy between, you know, you know, video games. I'll say art, because we kind of look down on video games, but there's still a lot of great designers kind of putting it together, and the artists. It'd be cool if, you know, it was, you know, applied to everybody. But, yeah. you know, for somebody who's not, you know, not, not to be funny... Even if you had fucking Astroworld happening this year, you know, nobody's going to fucking pay fucking probably how much? Don't think it should probably figure. Maybe two bills, three bills. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of it, I'm not mad at the idea of like a big superstar artist doing this for the fans and making it fun and interactive. Like you can't really be mad at it for kids too. not mad. Like I said, I, I kind of wish it was a little bit way to kind of do it more on a grander scale and more continuous. But for a gesture, it's good. And like you said, for the future, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know. It'd be fun to pop, in, like, pop in and see like a fucking virtual fucking you know Jay Z doing his hits and shit like that. It's it's the way if if it's done with a way of artistry and that takes advantage of the medium, I can't be mad at this future. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think obviously there's still learning learnings around this, and obviously you know you're right, you know. Basically, you have to be on the level of a Travis Scott to get that amount of investment and uh, that amount of time and programming time um, um, in these virtual environments. But yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I don't want all concerts to be like this. But again, like if, if there's opportunities for these 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 artists or even like smaller artists, I mean, we were supposed to see King Cruel, we were supposed to see Little Dragon. Uh, well, I was supposed to see Little Dragon um, this past month. And those are artists where I think some of these virtual environments might be really cool because they both actually dip into like animation and like these surreal worlds. And, you know, so I do think there's opportunities here, um, but I don't know who's going to pay for it. You know, we don't know what the medium is going to be, but I do think that we need to start thinking about these things, especially with the uncertainty of music venues uh, reopening. So, 
Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm still not going to play Fortnite, though. No, never. So. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and you ready for this segue? It kind of bleeds into the Teddy Riley versus Babyface. Yes. If you think about it, it's the idea of where. So you've got this, you've got this whole organization, you know, Travis Scott, major label artist, you know, Epic, you know, they make hand over fist every fucking month from fucking Fortnite. You've get, basically got billions of dollars, you know, of these corporations at stake and able to make this thing. And you look at the exact opposite where it's literally two older gentlemen who don't know how to use their phones <laughs> basically <laughs> made <laughs> the event of last weekend and of, and of Monday too. So you have, in a weird way, it's, it's uh, you can't do it like they do it, but it's, it's it still shows you that you don't need to even know how to use technology to make a spectacle that's kind of fucking related to what's happening in the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I try, I tried to watch that live stream and this, I couldn't even, my Instagram was going weird. I couldn't, you know, everything was like locked up and things like that. So I had to like bounce. Um, but apparently 500,000 people watched that stream. Um, the first one, not nothing. The yeah. first one or the second one? The second one, I think. The second one. Yeah. Because I, I thought they were both great. I mean, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll say this uh, with, a, with a caveat. Obviously, you know, that first, the first one was full of, full of technical errors. Yeah. I don't, maybe we got like kind of a quarter of a song, two songs, I think, total we got to hear. You know, but what was great about it was the fact of where, like many things, there was a lot of joshing, a lot of joking, a lot of dozens being played virtually. You know, it, it became an event that was kind of fun in itself. And I remember I, I kind of felt, not sad, but like I remember afterwards you had fucking Swiss Beats and Timbaland kind of hop on fucking Instagram, kind of were very apologetic, you know, kind of like, yada, yada, you know, they were kind of throwing a little shade at Teddy Riley because they were kind of hinting that what he wanted to do was a little bit, you know, extra because the rumor is apparently he wanted to kind of use that as a drop off point to have his own like virtual shows kind of. Mm. So, so he kind of, you know, if, if you watch the stream, whatever you could see, you know, he had like a whole fucking team there. He had like a backup dancer slash, you know, hype man. It was a lot going into it. And obviously after it kind of failed, people were kind of going in, making fun of it. Oh, but yeah. I mean, honestly, it was all in fucking fun. Like I, I thought like it was entertaining. Like I was laughing my ass off the whole fucking time. It felt like watching like a weird adult swim episode. It was just them fucking, you know, trying to fix, you know, the, the old dude trying to fix the camera. You've got all these young millennials trying to help in the background. You've got the dances. It's, it, it was something where, like, it, and let's go back a little bit. You know, if you're an artist, if you perform, if you do anything, any, you have bad shows. Like, that's kind of built in. Like, Prince has had bad shows, you know. Yeah. It just, it, it is what it is, you know. And so... I kind of get the embarrassment of having a bad show on a fucking a, a big stage. But ultimately, I think the fans know, you know, they're fans. They're something where they'll ride with you no matter what. And I think that, ironically enough, like the birth of all those memes, all the jokes, you know, it was fucking funny. And I think anybody who, to, I guess, kind of watched it, you were entertained. On, uh, on, the, on the rematch, quote unquote, it's a little better. Sound quality wasn't really the best for both. But it was still kind of cool watching, like, you know, like the baby face memes of him being kind of, like, you know, subtly shady. It was, like, it was kind of cool watching, you know, it goes back to the idea of club quarantine. It's kind of cool having a culture kind of gathered together in a virtual space, watching a cultural event, good or bad, commenting on that cultural event, good or bad, and bonding over that cultural event, good or bad. 
you know, I, I, I can't be mad. It was it was it was a win for black folks, basically, and 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 you oh. know the culture. Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and and I feel like that's why I really appreciate appreciate about these live streams. They're, they're very black spaces, you know, like like uh, you, you might have like uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> who's the dude who kept popping in? Bradley Cooper pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, there was some dude who, like, white dude who popped up in the Teddy Riley one, some white actor, and apparently, like, he, like, does a lot of hip-hop stuff or whatever, but, you know, you occasionally have, like, those dudes pop up, but, like, for the most part, it's a very black space, it's a very black, like, culture, um, and it's just, to me, as a black person, really cool to see black people adapting as we always do to the situation and to technology and to, well, obviously not to the technology for Teddy Rowley, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it, it's really cool. Um, it's going to be interesting now. They're trying to prod like people like Dr. Dre to do one. Um, uh, Neptune's are trying to prod, like they're prodding like more super producers to do it. Um, which, you know, is really exciting. And I, I think it's really cool. I know, you know, obviously people aren't getting paid. And I know some smaller live streams are getting shut down um, for licensing stuff. But Oh, um, yeah. That, a know. quick side story. Uh, like, I didn't know they were that vigilant. I, I was reading an article, basically. You know, so there's a guy, there's a, there's a I think, arts band called Weedus, right? Had one yeah. hit wonder-ish. And so I guess the basis from that band was trying to do Weezer. Like like the Weezer discography, and he was live streaming it on YouTube, and they shut that bitch down. Like like while he's playing the live covers of these songs, yeah, <laughs> they actually weird. killed his stream. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Like uh, I know there's a couple uh, cats, like small cats, who got their streams killed. But yeah, I don't know how it works. I, I really don't know. I mean, maybe the labels are okay with, with like a Teddy Rally uh, and Babyface just because that's going to generate revenue for them, right? Like people are going to like hear the songs and go and, and, and stream it or, or whatnot but oh, oh um, how about this maybe that's why maybe that's why there's all that echo you know what i'm saying oh nah. <laughs> you know the algorithm can't those... catch what they can't hear you know what i'm saying you, you watch those youtube videos are upside down <laughs> <laughs> defeating the algorithm <laughs> Oh man, but uh, but it's going to be interesting. I I know now. I, I was reading an article. Um, brands are finally kind of getting in, into this. I know. I think Jesse Reyes is like doing a a brand deal for the like for the li her live streams, which is dope. Like as you should, right? Like like cash in when you can. Um. So yeah, no, it was, it was, it was cool. Like, I, I I didn't watch the whole Teddy Riley Babyface live stream, but I. You know, just hearing people talk about it was just amazing. And I just enjoy the community aspect of music. And I think for me, you know, who's missing live shows, this this, this is something at least that, that um, I, it's not like the perfect um, replacement, but it that, that community aspect is still there, which I, I think is, is a good sign. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's something where it's and I think you kind of touched it, the communal aspect of going out and like embracing music together. Like obviously you're not gonna get the fucking the great sound system. Obviously you're not gonna get the fucking see the person live, but it's you still kind of have the idea we kind of connected. And I and I think that you know going back to 
you know, Swiss's Beats and fucking Timbaland's kind of weird apology to kind of made a mention of like, we're doing this to kind of, you know, help, you know, help lift spirits in a weird time. Same thing with the nice because like, I saw the club quarantine because I want to help spirits in a weird time. And it's doing its work. Like, I can't be, you know, props to all those brothers, props to everybody who's doing the online streaming, you know, because it's for everybody, this, the money isn't there yet. So it's pretty much all labor of love. And like, people yeah. are listening. So, you know, like, props to you. Like, you know, it, it's something where it's good to see the technology being put to good use and not just to make a buck. You know what I'm saying? Like, going back to the Travis Scott thing, where it's just like, even though it's cool, I, the only reason why it probably happened, one of the main reasons is because. You know, a Fortnite needs to kind of keep keep the players engaged, and B, they had a new skin single to drop. It's just cool to see a whole bunch of you know musicians kind of get together on something like fuck it, let's just do this. So you know, props to those dudes, everybody involved, yeah. everybody streaming right now. Props to y'all, DJs. You know what I'm saying? You know, only fans. Oh y'all, keeping the content alive. <laughs> Every day, you guys set up your microphones, your videos. You put your heart, your soul, sometimes your nudes out there. Props to all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And, Indeed. On, and, on, and on that note, let's talk about new music. <laughs> new music. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about. I guess we talk about the. I guess the biggest release in the last. You know, pretty much what everybody says is the album of the year off the gate. Fiona Apple. Yeah, so Fiona album, uh, Fiona Apple <laughs> dropped a new album. Oh, they're tongue twister. Uh, I know, right? Fiona Apple album. Um, Fiona uh, Apple. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you did there. What do you mean? Turn a phrase. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you connected back to black. Um, anyway. So uh, it's called uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, Get the Bolt Cutters. Um, it's her first album in, I think, six years. And I listened to it. I, so here's my deal. I like Fiona Apple. I like her first album. I think her first album is still her greatest. And apparently that's the one she likes the least because that's the one that apparently is the major label album that she didn't have that much creative control over. But I still think it's amazing right and you know she's had like three or four albums since uh you know her career now is is 20 years she has a 20-year career which is in music which is amazing uh, but i think this album is probably like my second favorite of her whole discography uh it's really strong the production is really dope um, you know, like the, the lyrics are really interesting. The lyrics are kind of her going back to her childhood and assessing like childhood trauma, assessing like rape, uh, and pain from her middle school era. Um, you know, the track Shamika, which everybody loves, including black people, black Twitter approved, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, but apparently it's this, you know, middle, in middle school, this girl, Shamika, which I guess was like kind of the the school bully was like, you know, she, uh, Fiona Apple was trying to impress these like girls. And like Shamika told her, it's like, no, don't do that. You have potential, you know. Um, I don't know. It was really cool. Like, it's still like the same Fiona Apple vibe. But I feel like there's something different with this album. And yeah, I really enjoy it. It's probably going to get album of the year. It's probably going to get that Grammys. Probably going to get a few Grammys. She, she sure won't show up for any of it. She'll be like, she'll like, I ain't show up for any of this. <laughs> she won't show up for any of it. 
<laughs> but you know, but but also she's like a white woman, so she'll probably get like you know best new artist and some shit like that. You know, like everybody's kind of <laughs> kind of fawning over it. Um, but it's one of those things where it's an album that people are fawning over. That I, I actually I get it. You know, I think the songwriting's dope, the production's dope. Um, you know, it it held me for the the entire like you know fifty minutes of the album, which a lot of Fiona Apples are a little bit too Apple albums are a little bit too out there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm a Fiona fan. I even saw her, and I'm gonna totally fuck up. Actually, I totally forgot. I even saw her live. Let's say I think me and my sister. I'll say probably like. Six, seven years, she was touring with a country band, actually, enough. And I was like, mm. fuck it. I'll go see it because apparently, um, more like country folk, I should say, not necessarily pure country. But I remember she was playing in fucking Long Island of all places. And we went out to go see her because she was kind of doing a lot of low key. You know, she's somebody where I think after the initial like nuclear bomb hit, has intentionally kind of pulled back because she's not with the industry shits. You know, as she said, when she won a Grammy years ago, she was on something like, this world's all bullshit. Um, for me, I've been kind of a fan for a long time. Um, from Criminal, that, that you know, her early title, sorry about that, that first that first record. You, what I liked about Fiona, and I think shouts to Tim, Tim Hotep, is like she's, she makes music that is definitely soulful, definitely has black elements, but you never get confused of her doing blatant blue-eyed soul. It's something where she approaches it from a certain perspective where there's enough folk there's enough rock instrumentation. There's enough of that where you don't feel her putting on airs. It's just kind of like, you know, raw. And I think over the years, what I've liked about it is that, you know, she's done stuff where it sounds a little more Baroque, a little more show tunes. Um, the percussion on this album now, the album before, there was a lot of unconventional percussion because I think it was her bassist or her drummer, but it was an older black musician I, I know was heavily involved with that album. So it was a heavy, the heavy, heavy focus on, you know, like, you know, things tapping the way this album is, although this album's a little bit more. She's somebody where she's been kind of pushing and pulling at the music medium, and she just hasn't kind of like, because it would be very easy for her to like, even forgetting about the industry game, you know, sitting there, doing the piano stuff, doing the singer-songwriter stuff and stopping. But she's somebody where she's kind of pushed her sound forward and forward and forward. It's kind of interesting with this album because you could make the argument, it's actually pretty fucking acoustic. It's just like a whole bunch of, you know, banging on pans, you know, a lot of the production, I won't say is, is necessarily bad. It's actually fantastic. But it's interesting how you have the ambient sounds. You've got dogs yapping. It's something where it's a very meticulously put together. It's a, I don't know how I can put it. It's like, it's like messy, but intentionally so. It's something where there's, there's, it's, it's like the flaws are let to kind of breathe. Like that last song, there's a part where she flubs a song. Like she flubs a line and, and it keeps on going. Like immediately she like, oh, and then she kind of goes. And it's something where... What she did here is the idea of where, you know, it's it's something where it could have been very pretentious. You uh, you have a you have a you have a relatively well-off white woman singing about you know at times some of her famous you know guys she's dated, you know who's definitely in a level of privilege where she may not be a Kanye West billionaire, she may not be a fucking Travis Scott. But definitely, you know, she's somebody where she's got enough money, she's got enough things where she's chilling. She doesn't have to tour. She doesn't have to do anything else. Her life is self-sufficient. But it's cool to kind of have somebody like that kind of make this very raw, very natural album and kind of put a lot of work into it where it's just the tunes. It's just the songwriting. 
Um, what I liked about the album too is songwriting wise, lyric wise, it's fucking sharp. Like something where she's always kind of improved slowly but surely for her 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 lyrical pen to bring it back to the hip hop <laughs> hip hop her days. And you know, it's it's the sharpest it's ever been. Um, a lot of great one liners. It's 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 well deserved. It's gonna be interesting how we kind of joking before about how somebody who intentionally kind of pulled away from the spotlight, where like you know USA Today was shouting her out, fucking I pop on the Apple News. It's it, she was trending all day for like one fucking it came on a Friday. So she's kind of like if she wants to come out and kind of do those those big crazy tours, she could easily do it and sell the fuck out. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be interesting to see yeah. her future. You know how she kind of navigates that in the future, but you know. Like I said, it's, it's, she's always been a dope musician. Everything came together. It came together in a very unique way. It's going to be interesting to see how people kind of bite the album because, you know, as usual, that's what they kind of do. And, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about Earl last year, I mean, the uh, last podcast about the idea of where it could only be one. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to have a whole bunch of stripped down, weird, you know, COVID-ass albums where people are out there. You know, I recorded this acoustic in my parents' basement with only fucking wooden tablespoons and fucking my cat, you know, I sampled, but like I said, it's something where, you know, she just knows the shit. She's somebody where she's always been a good musician. I remember those, she was hanging out with John Bryan in Fargo for like years. You know, it's just cool to see a master of the craft return. So, you know, props to the album, you know, props to her, and props to the success. And, you know, we, we, we're here, Fiona X. We're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. She, I, she's weirdly invited to the bar- barbecue. Like, I, <laughs> this is kind of crazy, but... Uh, the angry white girl corner of the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have to make sure that they have the vegan. You have to have the vegan options. <laughs> if you invite Fiona. Uh, anyway, uh, what we what else we got here? Um, I want to shout out quickly to the Tom Mish and Yusuf Day's album, Some Kind of Music. Uh, I actually really enjoy the album. I'm a fan of Tom Mish. Um, you know, he's kind of like this blue eyed soul UK singer, but not trying to be like, you know, like, I don't know. He's not, he's not Sam Smith, right? He's got this really uh, laid back. Sh- shots vibe. fired. <laughs> is, is, is that shots fired? Is, no, it's not. He's, Sam, he's, he's, yeah, <laughs> nah, it's not. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> which stand, which stands are offended by that one? <laughs> I'm in the middle of the gunfight. Like, what did I do wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, so they've been building up to this album release for a long time. They've been dropping these singles and the algorithm has been feeding me these singles for the past like six months just because I've been listening to a lot of UK jazz shit. But look, this album I thought was good it's not a great album but it's also just a vibe it's basically just them literally just jamming and pressing record right and they like when they actually try to make a song like that's where the album falls apart like when they're just jamming and just like just playing and like Yusef is just like crazy drumming um, and like you know, Tom's on the guitar, and, and, uh, and Riso, the dude on the bass, like it's actually really amazing. Uh, when they try to have like a Freddie Gibbs feature, you know, that's when it starts like like really kind of going downhill. Ooh, um, interesting. I actually like the Freddie Gibbs speech. We'll get there in a second. I, I mean, I, I it's not that I didn't like it. I just think that you know, I don't know. It just didn't it didn't get me as much as some of the jam session tracks. 
but no, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a decent album. Um, it's going to be like the best album of the year, maybe, maybe not. But like, it was actually perfect for me this week because um, it's you know mellow. It was cool, good music to work to. Um, Yusuf Days is an amazing a monster, drummer. a fucking monster. But yeah. you know what the crazy thing about Yusuf though is like he's always in the pocket, right? Like he's not like one of those like you know heavy metal drummers where he's just like you know he's going crazy but it's like subtle right like he's not like really banging on the on the drums and shit like that like it's really jazzy and really in the pocket but he's still like going crazy which is just amazing to me it's like there's a balance there that he's achieved um but yeah no i thought it was cool i thought it was cool you know you have thoughts sir so here's my here's my i'm not a tom bish fan i have to admit um it's weird because I think it's, I mean, again, I guess going back to the idea of Fiona Apple, I just don't think his songwriting chops are there. I, I like everything on him except his actual actual songs. Like, and yeah, the thing is, I'll give you that. Yeah, and so so what I liked about this project was, because I remember I was listening to it, and my sister actually put it on when we were, when we were driving around, and I was like, oh shit. It's the, like you said, the jammy aspect. It's, it's really good. I, I, I'll say jazz, like, and, and, and more upbeat jazz influence R&B, a lot of great jams. Um, I actually like the Freddie Gibbs part. I, I think it's gonna sound weird. The best part of this album is is, is everything that isn't Tom Mish. <laughs> 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 the drumming is on points. The bassist is killing it. Like the groove here is godly. And like you know, Tom Mish comes on there and puts his little you know little spice. You know, you know the house is already built. He comes out there. You know he he t- he, he fixes the painting and it's like yes, this I did this. You know. Yeah, just a little flair to it, but I think that what really kills this album is the fucking rhythm section. They, they, they came out, they came out hungry. Like Yusuf came out there hungry. So you know, for me, like I said, it's, it's not like going to be like it's not groundbreaking. You know, anybody who's even a casual jazz listener will heard things like that. But it's it's definitely funky, definitely groovy, definitely some joints. So definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the most interesting thing too is uh, apparently Tom and Yusuf have known each other since high, like middle school. Oh, no way. Um, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I think you kind of can tell uh, like there's a chemistry there. And I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was cool. Like, like I said, like, you know, compared to some of the other UK jazz stuff, it's probably not going to be the top. I do think that, you know, people are going to look at this as a Tom Mish album. Oh, and, yeah, not even, yeah. You know, and <laughs> I, I wish it was like people would look at this more as a Use of Days album. But uh, but no, I you know I I thought it was cool, and it 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 could be an album that it could have fell apart. But I feel like there's so many moments in this album that I really enjoyed, and unfortunately, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, on my end, what well, I want to get into Westside Gun. Before that, I want to give a quick shout out to Tony Morgan. Um, they dropped the EP out of nowhere. I think I don't I don't know if it was around when they had because I remember I bought the EP. You see, this is this way in the pandemic. Everything kind of bleeds into one big. Kind yeah. Of <laughs> but long story short, uh, I remember I copped it. Right, basically, I think it was right around when we had the when we had when Bandcamp had that free day where they were taking no fees out. So yeah. uh, it's basically it's a dope little EP. Be right back. Very classic hip hop. Very dope. Very just just well made. Not too much I can kind of say. That it's really just it's just dope. And it's five tracks. For some reason, I remember I had the idea they might come out with more if this is a teaser EP. Not 100% sure, but just just well worth listening. But uh, I'm going to bleed into two things. One, 
for you guys out there, Bandcamp is doing it apparently again this Friday, where they're taking no fees out. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if if you have any independent artists out there, you know, struggling, you know, and you, you know you want to kind of give the people who kind of give you great weeks to listen to like some support, this Friday would be a great time to do it because if you buy the Bandcamp stuff, they get 100% of the money. Um, so that's definitely a good look. And I guess for me, the last thing I want to kind of talk about is uh, to why the rise of Buffalo Rap and West Side Gun. <laughs> Pray for Paris. Uh, I find it fascinating just because it's um, it's this weird because we, and we discussed it before where like you had this like these very I'll say hip hop purists back to the idea of very you know for people who only book for Cuban links is like the fucking Bible. It's just like here's right next to right next to Old Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Cuban links. <laughs> like literally, the purple tape is enshrined, and you have these dudes doing a very roughneck kind of hip hop. Very popular on underground, but definitely any, not anything anybody would see popping on the major label side. Um, Eminem signed him in 2017. I remember that was interesting because it kind of made sense because obviously Eminem's somebody who loves, you know, you know, definitely somebody who loves classic hip-hop, classic hip-hop sounds. Um, I remember Joe Budden making fun of Eminem maybe a year ago because Joe Budden's just a fucking cantankerous old asshole kind of pointing about, like, you know, <laughs> oh, Griselda, you have Griselda, they aren't doing anything. You hate anybody who raps better than you, blah, blah, blah. But in the last year, I don't know what the fuck happened, but they fucking blew up. You know, they're at the fucking rock brunch. You know, out in my fucking social media feed, Forbes, I guess a call back to fucking Kanye, was fucking talking about the fucking new record and fucking uh, West Side's fucking, like, like trying to pivot it into fucking, like, hypey shit. So it's fucking crazy to kind of see these dudes kind of glow up. Going back to the idea of blowing up, though, what's crazy is that, like, even with fucking, like, a Pray for Paris. So Pray for Paris has a lot of guest appearances. You've got Tyler, the creator, right? So if anybody, you figure, is going to go out there, you're going to, it's like, this is the track. We're gonna, this is the track that's going to have fucking, you know, sell out. It's going to be R&B. And, no, Tyler comes in there talking about the same blicky blicky, you know what I'm saying? Stunting on you type shit. Even he, even, and even he has a beat that he kind of gave to them. And it's still the same dark... You know, basically what I love about like this genre is it's all repurposed like fucking soul loops for rappers to talk about killing your baby moms over. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It stays within that fucking aesthetic. And what's kind of cool about and and, and and in the future, we're definitely gonna have to have a podcast that's talking about the, the, the change of sampling over the years from Alchemist to Ka to like you know Earl Sweatshirt to these dudes. It's just cool, kind of having like this like intentionally. This is not mainstream rap. This is some shit where even in the 90s would have been fucking underground and have to yeah. fucking blow up. So Pray for Paris isn't my favorite fucking West Side Gun album. Or in the last couple of years, I think it's, uh, I think Fly God is a dope god. I forget what it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up now so I don't fuck it up. It was a, a mixtape from last year. It's probably my favorite West Side Gun album. Um, arguably, and I don't want to get shot by anybody from Buffalo, I feel that, you know, between West Side, between Conway, between Benny... Westside is probably the weakest lyrical member, but on the same side, he's probably the most animated. He's got a high-pitched voice. He's got the funny gun ad-libs that remind you of like a, a trippier MOP. He's kind of like, his, he's got a, like a, a, a cool kind of worldview. And like I said, even though Pray For Paris isn't my favorite out of all his, it's definitely a solid rap album. It's definitely a rap album that kind of fits the mood. <laughs> Even though a lot of yeah. it kind of refers back to him kind of showing up for Off-White's uh, fashion show. We got invited by, uh, 
he got invited out there to kind of perform. And I guess he, you know, like I said, he's got his own hype beast line. It was to make a lot of connections. On the album itself, there's a lot of like Parisian luxury Adam references in between shooting you for owing him money. Um, so it stays, <laughs> I guess, on point thematically. But it's kind of cool, again, to see this uncompromising uncom art coming out and being successful in both execution and both respect. So, you know, props to Westside, props to fucking all the Griselda dudes, props, actually, everybody, you know, anybody Griselda affiliated, props to the God Fahim, props to fucking, I know, Matt Kami and them beefing, but, you know, all everybody, Chastaka, like, it's kind of cool to kind of see all these purists, as opposed to sitting there bitching about how hip-hop sucks, like, you know, a certain white, chubby, old dude on Twitter we won't name. <laughs> who needs to shut the fuck up a certain redhead it's cool seeing these dudes kind of keep the hype alive and just making dope tunes like fuck it like well we're doing this because we have to not because that's something we want to and like it's it is true artistry i know in the forbes article he kind of tried to rebrand this like you know i'm not a rapper i'm an artist and i guess his thing is the idea of he doesn't want to get pigeonholed as an mc but at the end of the day, there's validity to that where I think we kind of look at rappers as these guys who just kind of go in there and kind of just, you know, they write their fucking strong 16 and they come out and they fucking in their Bentley. But there's an artistry to it. And it's it's something where it's kind of cool kind of watching these dudes treat their craft the same way like, you know, like like a, 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 a Philharmonic player would treat the instrument or the same way like fucking a heavy metal dude is doing his guitar solos. It's just something where they're just operating on a very high level. So it's, you know, props to them and props to them getting props for once. It's like, you know, the cream rises to the top. So, you know, shouts. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I will definitely check that album out. Um, there's been a lot of good, dare I say, boom bap level hip hop out there. You know, the Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib, you know, Al you know like Alchemist and Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs, like, there's been a lot of good, 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 like uh, hip hop that that's kind of recreating that era, but doing it in a modern way. So I, I will definitely put that on my list. Yep, yeah, you know, shout out to them. So anyway, you know that ends it for us. As we go back into our shelters, crawl, we go forage for some food, some nuts, some berries, and primarily alcohol. I feel like the liquor store had a line around the corner, dog. When I went out there last dude, weekend, it's insane, dude. Like I have been probably been drinking more in this pandemic. <laughs> I, I've been trying not to, but I, I, I have to. Like even now, I'm just like I'm gonna hop off this and have my, my, my beer ready. I'm gonna have keep on streaming my Ozark. <laughs> I've got oh, my day set. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's like we need to, we need to have a separate mini podcast about Ozark at some point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, until next time. Until next time, everybody, stay out there, stay safe. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>